We've been in the series called Peace of My Mind. We got a lot of people want to give you a piece of their mind. They usually just don't say it to your face. They do it on Facebook or social media. That's a whole different sermon. <laughs> but we're living in a culture that is so anxious, so worried, so fearful. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus tells me and shows you that fear cannot dominate your mind in your life. It cannot. In fact, we've been talking about what needs to dominate our mind. How many have been memorizing Philippians 4.8? How many have been memorizing it? Oh, you know, I may call you out, make you just come up here and do it for me. Amen. Come on, let's say our text. You know what? In fact, I think I had a little, I think a three-year-old come up to me today and quoted it to me this morning on my way coming over here. How many thank God that generation of children is being raised up to know the Word of God? I love it. He's quoting that word to me. So if a three-year-old can get it, <clears throat> Philippians 4.8. Come on, y'all ready, everybody? Come on. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about thoughts that are excellent and worthy of praise. I think I stepped, messed up a little there, amen. Hey, my bad, amen. But fear cannot have a place in your mind. I want you to look at these words to Timothy from the Apostle Paul. And these are powerful words. In fact, you probably know this scripture, so why don't you just say it out loud with me. Let's put it up on the screen. And this is his declaration to that servant of the Lord and to you. He says this, for God has not given us a spirit of but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm telling you, there's a lot of fear. I mean, it's just, it, it blows your mind. People are so, so worried. The money, the nation, everything, their children. It's just, it's just like it's constant, constant. Do you know, in fact, if you go to phobia list, I think phobialist.com, do you know there are over 530 phobias out there? I mean, we're going to find your fear. You know, they're going to find it for you. And there's a few of them. You know, I'm not going to give you all 530, but, you know, claustrophobia. How many know what claustrophobia is? Right? You, you, you need that person, tell that person right now, scoot over. It's squeezing in on me here. You know, the, the fear of those confined spaces. And uh, pantheophobia, pantheophobia. How many know what that one is? You don't know what that one is? Seriously, it's a real phobia. It's the fear of your mother in law. It's really what it is. Bad day to have it. Let me just tell you, a bad day to have it. <clears throat> it's a real phobia. <clears throat> really. Homilophobia. You know what that you know what that's a fear of? <clears throat> a fear of sermons. They should be going too long. That's what that should be the fear. Amen. But you know what phobias are? <clears throat> really, phobia is a terror, it's a fear. It's a terror or fear that it's, which causes you to flight, take flight, to leave, to take off. I mean, people are doing that. I mean, and the spirit of fear causes many, you know, who don't know Jesus and those who do know Jesus 
to flee from their God-given purpose. I mean, they're running from it because of fear, fear. Now, how many know there are some healthy fears? Come on, amen? I mean, amen? If, you know, if your birthday cake collapses because of the weight of the candles, you should get a little concerned, amen? Okay, you know, when your twin sister forgets your name, okay, you know? So there are some fears out there. There's some healthy respects that you should have. I get that. But when he tells Timothy, he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. That word fear literally means, it means timidity. It means cowardice. That's what it means. You're subject to fear. You're, you're easily alarmed. You know, it means the lacking of boldness or self-confidence, even when there is no present danger. Even when it's not there. And many Christians are free <clears throat> through the blood of Jesus Christ. They're free, absolutely free, but still walking around in bondage. You know, it's like the guy who saw, you know, went to the circus, he saw that elephant, and here he is, got one chain around one leg, big old steel stake inside of the, in the dirt, and he's watching this elephant on a 12-foot chain, walk 12 feet forward, stop. 12 feet backward, stops. So he decides to go 12 feet to the right, stops, the chain holds him. Goes to the 12 feet to the other side, and stops and hold him. And this guy's thinking, how in the world can that elephant sit there and let that one little stake and that small little chain? Now think about that for a moment. Do you know that an adult elephant weighs somewhere between 11,000 and 15,000 pounds and held by one little chain? You've seen it on a stake. It's crazy. I mean, an elephant, an elephant can carry comfortably all day long 2,700 pounds up to 3,000 pounds on its back all day long. But the reason why it just goes 12 foot forward, 12 foot back, 12 foot to the left, 12 foot to the right is because of one little chain held to a little stake that he, an 11,000 to 15,000 pound elephant, could just yank right out of the ground. But you know why he doesn't? It's called baby elephant syndrome. And what they do when they're babies is they immediately put a chain to one of their legs, tie it to a stake or a tree that they know they cannot pull out, and that elephant will pull on it, and they begin to program him, and he starts walking that path. You know what I'm talking about, like neuropaths. Starts walking that path, 12 foot forward, 12 foot back, 12 foot to the right, 12 foot to the left, and you keep making the path, and you're always determined as a baby elephant. That's the way I've always been, the way it's always going to be, and I'll never get free from this. I'll never get free from them. So actually, what's happened is that elephant at 11 to 15,000 pounds is not held by a chain. It is held by a belief. Are you listening to me? It is not held by a chain. It could rip it up at any given moment. And can I tell you, that's the way some believers are in the body of Christ. Something happened in your childhood, your teen years, early in your marriage, and now it's just a path that I'm going to walk 12 foot forward, 12 foot back, 12 foot the right, 12 foot the left. I was a victim being raised. I'll be a victim the rest of my life. All the marriages in my family have failed. Mine's next. I'll never get a degree. I can never graduate. I can never pass the class. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. And they keep walking the path. And you are held not by change, but Satan has convinced you of a belief that you can never get free. Can I tell you something? When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul struggled with the same thing. He said, man, when I want to do good, I can't do good. Oh, what a wretched man I am. How will I ever get out of this? You know the story. He said, but thank God, because he knew one thing. He knew 
one thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons you fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish the chain and the belief that Satan has held you in, and you can be free from that today. <clears throat> As you mature, you need to know you have that power. You have that power. So I want to give you two things this morning, two things. God's power conquers every one of the fears that you're feeling right now, <clears throat> every single one of them. So here's what was happening to Timothy. Here's Timothy, this young preacher. Here's Timothy, this young leader in ministry. And he is intimidated by circumstances that are around him. Because Timothy wasn't just facing opposition from an unbelieving world that was cruel to Christians, okay? It wasn't just that. He was dealing with opposition within the church and now he lacked confidence to make decisions as a leader because of the people within the church. He wouldn't confront them. And he desperately needed this fresh infusion of confidence, of boldness, and power. And here's what, here is what the Apostle Paul says to him. And I'm going to say it to you. That belief system, that addiction that you're held in, and Satan says you'll never get free, it's like this all your whole life, it's going to be this rest of your life. Can I tell you something? Just like the Apostle Paul said to him, God did not give you that fear that you're in. That fear you're feeling, God did not give that to you. He is not the author of that cowardice and that timidity to take it on and pull the stake and break the chain. You can't do it in your own strength, but you have divine power to demolish that stronghold. You really do. He did not give that to you, but he instead gave you the spirit of love and the spirit of power and a sound mind that conquers every fear that has you changed. How many you believe, friends, we are set free from from the powers of darkness by the power of Jesus Christ that is inside of you. So what power do I have, Pastor? What do I have? You, have? you have the power of his presence. First of all, if you have his presence, you've got everything. We are people of his presence, everybody. We're people of his presence. I'd rather have his presence than anything else in this world. Take anything you want to take from me, but don't take his presence, because without his presence, I can't do anything. I can't conquer anything. I can't demolish any stronghold being in his presence. And King David knew the power of the presence of God because once you stay in that presence, and I'm going to come back and end around on this. Once you stay in his presence, that presence has the power to destroy whatever fear stronghold that is holding you, that fear that holds you. Look what he said in Psalm 34. He said, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from a double L. Say the word with me. All fears. What's your fear? Afraid you're going to die? Or maybe you're just afraid to live? Afraid you're going to go broke? Afraid you're going to get sick? Afraid you're not going to have enough money to put your kids in college? What's your fear? Afraid I'm going to get fired? He said, God, as long as I'm with you, you break every single fear that comes my way in your presence. And this guy knew it because David went through a lot of low valleys. I mean, deep places, even when his own sin, his own vices got deep into these valleys. And the enemy would tell him, you're never going to get out of this. You're never going to get out of this. Enemies surround him. People who are supposed to love him turn their back on him. Never. But he even talked about that. Come on, Psalm 23. He looks at this and he says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
How many thank God your provision is taken care of? You do not need to fear provision. You know, I've been watching inflation have an effect on giving, and I'm watching that, and I keep pressing forward with what does God say that we're to do? Regardless of what the economy says, I'm not participating with them. I'm not. And I sat there and I looked out my window and there's this beautiful tree with all these berries on it. I mean loads of berries on it. And I was sitting there praying. It was a couple Saturdays ago. I was sitting there praying. I'm thinking about God, you see all these things that you need us to get accomplished that I sense in your spirit. We're walking that way. How will it ever get done? And I looked and there was a little bird sitting inside that tree loaded with berries. I mean, he was in there and just eating away, eating away, eating away. And I thought, there is not enough bird to take on all those berries. I sat there and watched that, and I watched him, and I watched him, and I watched him. I'm going to tell you, he would have gagged on berries. There were not enough berries. There were so many berries, he could have lived the rest of his life. That tree was just full of them. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Sam, didn't I tell you? If I take care of those birds, look at, he's, look at him. He is going to, he will die eating too much. And then he flew away, and he said, that's just the way my people are. I got all the provision I have for them, and they're looking for something else to feed him when everything is right there in that one tree. He said, you're sitting there trying to find it. Who's going to be, how it's going to come, where it's going to come from? He said, I have every bit of provision. Can I tell you, if he can take care of those sparrows, don't you know, you know you, he's all you need. The Lord is your shepherd. He's got everything you need or that you want. And look at this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yay. He, doesn't, he knows all God's provision, but he said, I'm going to tell you, God's provision there, but still, I'm a human. Let me tell you, I'm in a world that's fallen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil, for you are with me. It's not the, listen, it's not the valley of death but the valley of the shadow of death. And that's what some of us are overwhelmed by, by shadows. The shadow of death. Shadow of depression. Shadow of fear. Sh shadows of just saying, God, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Listen, can I just tell you though, <laughs> there cannot be a shadow unless there's the presence of light. Can't happen. Listen, if the lights were all out in here, you wouldn't see that shadow right there. You would not see that silhouette right there on the ground. You would not see that. But because there's the presence of light, that's the only reason why you know there's a shadow. Can I tell you the same thing? That though you're walking through a valley of the shadow of death, there is a light stronger that's in the shadow, and the shadow is making you think that it's stronger than the power of the light that is around you. How many remember when your kiddos would get scared in the middle of the night, have a nightmare? Or how many remember when thunderstorms, lightning, when, you know what your kid would do? I mean, wake up screaming, have a nightmare, you didn't hear them, and they're just scared. Maybe you remember it as a kid, and all of a sudden, in the middle of all that terror, all that imagination, lightning, thunderstorm, wind, nightmare, screaming, your child then has to get up and walk through the valley of their bedroom and they're still scared. They walk out and then they got to walk through the valley of the hallway 
and they can see the flashing of thunder behind, lightning behind them and thunder roaring. And then they got to walk through the valley of your bedroom. But then they throw themselves in the bed and what do you do? You wake up. You've been through a lot of storms. You've had a lot of nightmares. You're mature, but you're the father. And you put your arm around your kid and you hug them. And what does your kid do? They go sound asleep. Your hug did not stop that thunder and it did not stop that lightning. It kept on going, but your kid was sound asleep. Why? Because they walked through the valley of the shadow to get into the hands of the father. And in the hands of the father, I can sleep in perfect peace because my father's got me covered. Can I tell you, whatever valley you're going through, your father has you covered. Amen? His presence. I'm telling you that his there is power in his presence that conquers and destroys your fear. And not just his presence. How many thank God for his promises? He's got promises for you. I love the promises of God. And you know that most of the fears that you're experiencing right now are direct challenges. Take your fear right now, whatever you're wearing. Afraid my kid's not going to get saved. I'm afraid I'm not going to live. I'm, afraid, I'm not afraid I'm going to have enough money. Just, just line, line him up. Line him up. I'm afraid he's going to break up with me. He, you need to let him go. I'm so afraid. Do you know that most fears are a direct challenge to what God has promised you in his word? It's a challenge to that. And I got to make a decision. Am I going to live in fear or am I going to believe God and his word, my father, who holds me, hugs me, and I can sleep in the middle of the storm? Because I will just tell you, fear is to Satan what faith is to your God. That fear, I mean, fear is really faith in Satan. That's what it is. But I love what Hebrews eleven six says. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For, those, for, 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 for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, my God is who he says he is, and he'll do what he said he would do. And here's the bottom line. You overcome the spirit of fear by feeding your faith. Can you say that with me? Say that line with me. You overcome the spirit of fear by feeding your faith. Now, understand, it takes using your faith day after day to develop faith and grow in it. I just didn't land where I am today. It takes day after day exercising faith, walking in faith, trusting God to develop faith. So can I tell you the same thing? Just the same as fear has to be used every day, day after day, to develop the fear you're experiencing right now. Whatever fear it is you're experiencing right now. Afraid I'm never going to get married. Afraid I'm never going to have a husband. Never going to have a wife. Afraid, afraid, afraid. Do you know it's because every day you keep walking in that fear that you live in the spirit of fear. So now i got to walk in the faith of God every single day to develop that. Here's the bottom line. You remember what I said? How many remember last week with the water and the pitcher? How many remember that illustration? If you weren't here last week, you need to go watch it. It will change your life. People are trying to stop the, stop the thought, stop the thought. I got to stop this thought. It's a bad thought. Quit worrying about trying to stop the thought. Just keep pouring in the right stuff and that'll take care of that thought. Just here's the deal. The one you feed will lead. So if fear is what you're feeling, take the category of fear that you're feeling. Something is feeding that fear. That's why it's leading and dominating your time, your life, 
and your sleep at night. The one you feed leads. So here's the deal. It means it controls. It's getting your attention. Whatever gets you, whatever gets your attention gets you. Remember that. It's leading. Just keep pouring. Just keep pouring. The fear might be there. Just keep pouring the word. Just stay around people. Listen to that podcast. Listen to praise the word. Just keep pouring. Because here's what you got to do. You've got to starve one and feed the other. And that one may still be coming up there, but just keep feeding this one. Just keep feeding this one. Starve one, feed the other. Their fear and faith are mutually exclusive. Listen, they are mutually exclusive. The one you feed is the one that will lead. You feed one, you starve the other. Just keep feeding that faith. Now, I'm not telling you to deny the existence of problems. Come on. I'm, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not trying to deny, d- deny the crisis. That's foolish. Some people deal with their fear by just pretending to not be afraid. Okay? They have fake confidence is what they have. Fake confidence. And guess what happens? Instead of exuding confidence, they exude arrogance and insensitivity. That's what they exude. Okay? Or some people just deny the existence of the problem. How I many you know that doesn't work? I know people that won't go to a doctor, and the real reason they won't go is not because they're tough. The reason we'll go to the doctor is because they're afraid of discovery of something that's there. How many know (laughs) facts are neither true nor are they lies? They are both temporary conditions. And what is God saying about your crisis? Keep pouring in the Keep pouring in the word, keep pouring in the word, keep pouring in the word. The one you starve dies, the one you feed leads and controls. Keep doing it. Here's the last one. God's love conquers that fear. Okay? I love this scripture. First, first John, first John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in what, everybody? In love. But, are you ready for this? But, perfect love does What? Say that word out loud. It does what? Drives out fear. Perfect love. So then the question is, is what is love? And everybody's got a different description. What is love? That's the problem. Love is not a what. Love is a who. See, you think that love is a what. You're trying to get this feeling. Love is not a what. Love is a who. And guess who love is? You ready for this? 1 John 4, 16. Two verses before that one. God is love. Watch this. Whoever lives in love, what? Lives in God. So if I'm living in God, guess what's happening? That perfect love will start driving out fear. Listen, if you are growing in your relationship with God, watch this. The fear you're experiencing over an area will begin to fade. It may not switch overnight, but just keep pouring just keep pouring, just keep pouring. Are you listening closely to this? The relationship you build with him, you are not wasting time being here in service today. You are not wasting time in your devotional time. You are not wasting time switching the diet of music that's out there, putting everything else from the world in you and changing to the diet of the Holy Spirit of things that begin to minister to you and bring the presence of God. You are not wasting your time. You are actually crushing that spirit of fear that you're experiencing. You're growing a relationship. Why? Because developing love diminishes fear. It starts pushing it out. Take my word for it. Just feed the one. Quit trying to manipulate the other one. Just feed the one and watch the other one die. 
Just watch it. Just keep feeding it. It'll start to diminish. That fear over money, fear that they're going to leave you, fear that it's not going to work, fear I'm going to die. Just watch it begin to diminish. Just watch it begin to diminish. So let's talk about fear. Where did fear originate? Where did it originate? I'm just going to tell you where it started. Sin. Just good old-fashioned sin is where fear. Your fear that you experience, it's over sin. Because the first result of the first sin was what? Fear. Now, the Bible defines sin, if I could put it this way, I know the word sin means to miss the mark, but when you look at it, the Bible defines sin as people who say to God, watch this, I don't need you in my life or I'll take you for salvation, but I don't need you when it comes to my money. Watch this. Just take it. Any area of your life where you are not allowing the word of God to come in to build that relationship with the Lord, guess what happens? You're going to have greater fear in that area. You, you say, what, what are you talking about, Pastor Sam? Now watch this. Adam and Eve. Just watch these two. Adam and Eve. Daily walking with God. Think about this. They walked with God. They'd run to God every day. And the Bible says they were naked and unashamed. And I keep telling people this. You have to be pretty confident in a relationship to run around naked. You're not worried about your body type. It says they were naked and not ashamed. There was no fear. And the language of the garden, the language in the garden before sin was, the greatest one in the universe is my friend. That's what it was. I mean, I am so comfortable, my friend. We're naked before him. We're talking through the day, in the cool of the day. Man, let me tell you, that is no fear at all. At all. Naked and not afraid. You walk past the mirror after a shower, and you're going, oh, Jesus, heal me now. Heal me now, Jesus. Heal me now, Jesus. Just take me home. Heal me now. But do you remember after the first sin? Watch this. The very first, it's the same result we're experiencing right now. Whatever fear you have, same result. The moment they decided they didn't need God, that he is intruding on our personal freedom and he's holding something back from us. We want to eat that one tree. We got all this other stuff. We just want to keep this one disconnected from him. See, Jesus just can't compartmentalize with you. He wants every single part of your life, not just you to get saved. Watch this. But when they said you're intruding on our personal freedom, we want that tree. I'm going to have that. The relationship was broken. Watch this. And when it starts to break, fear is discovered. How do we know this? Genesis 3.10. He's walking to go find him, find him, the greatest one in the universe. He's our friend, but now they're not treating him like a friend. He's looking for him. They're hiding. And he answered, he said, where are you, Adam? Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was what? Say the word, everybody. I was? Because I was. So I hid. He never knew that until he sinned. And now he's not only fearful, but watch this. He's feeling vulnerable for the first time. For the first time, he's feeling vulnerable. There's fear in their marriage now. There's fear in their marriage now. 
He's naked. He feels vulnerable. Can I tell you, this is the condition of the soul today in this world without Jesus Christ. So here's the lie of the serpent. So you came today because mama said you're going to church with me. Well, let me give you something that's so powerful that's not from mama, but it's what's happening in your life. The lie of the serpent has not changed one bit. Listen closely to me. The lie of the serpent is this. You need to move away from God because if you'll move away from God, you'll get away from fear because you really fear him. You fear him. Not, not, not a respect. You, you fear him. He's, 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 he's withholding from you. And if you'll just get away from him, if you'll just get away from God's word, if you'll just get away from him, this is what he's saying, you're going to find freedom. This is what Satan says. You'll be, you'll be wise. You'll be like God. You'll find a freedom. And he's just trying to hold you back from freedom. So the sly of the serpent is, if you'll move away from God, if you'll disconnect more of these issues away from God, you're going to be free. You can do what you want. You don't need no preacher. You don't need no Bible. You don't need nobody telling you. You don't want God telling you anything about what you do with your life or your body. Watch this. He says, because then you're free. Because right now with him, you're not free. You're enslaved by God. He puts all these rules and regulations around you. And boy, you ought to be afraid of him because the reason he puts there, if you get out of line, he's going to whap you over the head. You need to move away from God. The truth is, as you move away from him and his love, watch this, you start discovering the spirit of fear. When you walk away from God, and you bring that issue you're afraid of more to him, let me tell you what happens. When you bring it more to him, you're going to discover greater peace. The more you disconnect from his relationship and what he has to say to help you walk through it, you're going to be greater with fear. So when you walk away from God, you walk away from love. When you walk away from, when you walk away from his love, you're walking from the foundation of life. And when you walk away from the foundation of life, you experience greater fear and anxiety. The only way I can describe this to you and some of you have seen this, but it bears repeating. The only way I can describe it to you is the closer you get to him, his love, the foundation is love, the greater confidence you have over what you're, whatever you're scared over. Let me, let me prove my point. It's kind of like, it's kind of like this board over here. Okay? Two by six board sitting on this platform. Now I'm going to tell you that I have an incredible talent and I'm going to show it to you right now. This is incredible, incredible talent. Be mesmerized. Do not do this at home. I am a professional. I'm not even looking down. Look at that. I'll be here all weekend, Grand Rapids. I'll be here all weekend. I can walk on this board. Not, oh, if I miss a step, I'm not, I'm not even really afraid. I, I, I can close my eyes. I'm not afraid at all. If I step up, it's not a big deal. Now, why is it not a big deal? Well, the reason it's not a big deal is because I feel so confident and safe because the board has a relationship with the foundation, which is called the platform that's built out of concrete. Hmm. Now, I can skip across that board. I can dance across that board. As long as it's on this foundation, 
I'm a happy camper. I mean, I'm not even afraid if I could fall off of it. Or, to dis or this board is now disconnected from my life. I'm still not afraid. But if I take this same board and decide, I do not need this platform anymore. I think I really like this board, and this board really doesn't need this platform. I, I, don't, need this I don't need this foundation. And I take this same board, and I put it on the 71st floor of a skyscraper. Same board. How am I treating this board now? Pretty boy isn't skipping across the board anymore. Pretty boy is not closing his eyes. In fact, what happens, the more that I remove this from foundation and I try to walk up, the more fear I'm, characterizes my life. And here's what's happening to believers. So you make money. Money's not everything, but it's up there with oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> and you say, God, you've blessed me. You've prospered me. You've been faithful in your giving. But now what was $500 is now $5,000. And what's $5,000 now has become $10,000. And $10,000 becomes $20,000. And all of a sudden, you're going, wait a minute, that's a lot of money. And I'm the one that worked hard for that. You forgot foundation was the one that gave you the brilliance and genius for that money. And gave you the intellect and gave you promotion and put you with the right people. But oh no, you're such a smarty pants. You're the one that made all that money. That's all you. So you decide... You want to disconnect God's word about money and resources, and you want to disconnect from God. So guess what you did? You stopped building a relationship with the foundation. You built a relationship with your money. Or you're not going to follow God in the precepts while you're dating that God says, you know what? When it comes to the physical appetite of sexual intimacy, I'm the one that created it. I know how it works great. In fact, if you listen to it, whew, your physical, sexual relationship as a husband or wife, you have no idea how God will bless it. But you, well, God, listen, listen. I, I know you brought this person in my life, but I'm going to disconnect this. I'm going to disconnect this from what your word says. So guess what you start doing? Your relationship with your boyfriend and girlfriend it's closer than your relationship with God. So here's what happens. Some other guy looks at your boyfriend, you start wigging out. Why? Because you're on the 71st floor trying to hang on because this is now your God and you don't even know it. And you might even speak in tongues. Or you build your relationship with your children more than you build your relationship with God. You're doing more things for your family because you're wanting to impress your kids than you are following the word of God about your kids. And now you're lifting that whole family up above the foundation. And so now when your kids don't perform right, you just go ballistic. They've crushed you, let you down, I get it. But the reason why is because it's, you have a greater relationship with the board than you do with the foundation. But if you'll take your kids, you'll take your, watch out, clear, watch out, I'm coming around. If you take your kids and you take your life and you're laid on the foundation of Jesus Christ,
and you keep it tied to the Word of God. You keep your mind, you keep your money, you keep your sexuality, you keep your health, you keep everything, your finances, and you keep it tied to the foundation. Guess what? It doesn't make any difference. If this board goes away, you're still not fallen because you're standing on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Everything else is sand, it falls apart, it breaks apart, it was never intended to be God. I love my wife, my wife loves me, but we are never intended to be God. My relationship with God has to be stronger than my relationship with Brenda. Your relationship with God has to be stronger than your relationship with your boss and your, where you're employed. Your relationship has to be stronger with God because all of those things will be challenged and they cannot sustain you. That's the reason why you have a nation and a world plagued by fear. Afraid we're going to die. I'm afraid God, I'm now I'm afraid to live. I'm afraid I'm going to go broke. I'm afraid I'll never see this. I'm afraid I'll never succeed. I'm afraid I'll never, I'll fail. I'll never start a business. I'll never start a company. But when you put that on the foundation of Jesus Christ, you can skip, you can walk. And even if you fall off the board, you're still safe because you're on the foundation of Jesus Christ. How many thank God he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. That board up there, that is the human condition of everybody that separates themselves and the issue they're fearful over away from God. So what do I do, pastor? Stay in his presence. Stay in his presence and keep pouring in his promise. Stay in the relationship, because it's not about just memorizing promises. It's about staying in the relationship and watch the fears begin to diminish when you know you're built on the rock, Jesus Christ, and the gates of hell can never prevail against it. Okay? You and I were never meant to turn loose of the hand of the greatest one in the universe, God himself. We were never meant to. Don't let go of it, cling to it, amen? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you know what sound mind means? It means the ability to make a wise decision. That's what it means. It literally means the ability to make a wise decision. So when the relationship starts getting in jeopardy, you stay tied to the word, you'll make a wise decision in that relationship. When the money gets in jeopardy, you'll make a wise decision in that money because you've kept it close on the foundation of Jesus. When your body gets attacked, you'll keep it found on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You'll make a wise decision for your body. You'll make wise decisions for your family. How I many thank God we're smart people. We have a sound mind because he have his love, his power, and his spirit. Amen.